Welcome investors to the Absolute Return Podcast, your source for stock market analysis, global macro musings, and hedge fund investment strategies. Your hosts, Julian Klamotko and Michael Kesslering, aim to bring you the knowledge and analysis you need to become a more intelligent and wealthier investor. This episode is brought to you by Accelerate Financial Technologies. Accelerate, because performance matters. Find out more at accelerateshares.com. Welcome, podcast listeners, to the Absolute Return Podcast. I'm your host, Julian Klamachko. I'm joined by my co-host, Mike Kesslering. And on today's show, we chat about beauty industry investing with Waldencast CEO, Michel Brousset. Waldencast is building a global best-in-class beauty and wellness operating platform by creating, nurturing, and scaling conscious, purpose-driven brands. On the show, Michelle discusses key investment characteristics of the beauty industry, including its recession-resistant nature, their thesis behind the acquisitions of Milk, Makeup, and Obagi, the importance of ESG considerations for beauty brand consumers, how social media and e-commerce transform the industry, and more. So with no further ado, here's our podcast on beauty industry investing with Wildencast CEO, Michelle Brousset. So we have Michelle from Waldencast on the show today. We're going to chat about an industry I don't know much about. That's beauty, cosmetics, wellness, but we're going to get into the details. And I know I'm going to come out an expert with the Waldencast CEO on the show today. All the way from New York, Michelle, welcome. How are you today? I'm doing great, Julian. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hi, Michael. How are you? Yeah, really excited to get into things today. So going through your background, spent your career in the consumer products industry, and you have a focus on beauty, uh, cosmetics, wellness. Can you talk about your career history? You're some of the giants in the industry. How did that go and what attracted you, no pun intended, to the beauty and, and cosmetics industry? No, indeed. Well, I... I mean, I started, I founded Waldencast with my partner, co-founder, Hinsetti, about three years ago, after, in my case, a 25-year career in, in big marquee companies. I was, before Waldencast, I was group president of L'Oreal Consumer Products Division in North America, the largest business of L'Oreal worldwide. I was also CEO of L'Oreal in the UK, in Peru as well, where I'm from originally. I was with Procter & Gamble in different countries. So kind of a career running and operating consumer brands. And and I think I frankly stumbled upon beauty. I wasn't looking uh, on beauty per se. The early part of my career was not in beauty at all. And I was, um, I, I discovered beauty a bit by just changing through career and assignments. And, and frankly, it's an industry that I fell in love with. And it's an industry that is, is not only my passion, but it's fascinating. And, and, and you open the show saying it's an industry you don't know much about, but in reality, beauty permeates a lot of things on human activity. You know, uh, imagine a world without beauty with a rather gray, Stalinist, awful world. And and beauty as an industry is an industry that combines a number of dynamics that are really interesting. And the first, um, on the first hand, as I said, it's profoundly human. It's as much functional, it's as functional as it is emotional. It is a business that rewards and and and, and is about people's self-esteem and self-worth and self-confidence an ability to have self-expression, an ability in a sense of present ourselves to the world in a way that we are. And that's that's kind of the more human and interesting aspects of the business, but also importantly from a business standpoint, uh, beauty is the most beautiful of business. <laughs> it has incredibly attractive margins. It's structurally profitable. It's resilient to 
to uh, recessions and crises, and, and, and it's always it's a high growth, relative to consumer growth, it's a kind of high growth industry. It is also relatively unconsolidated. If you take the five largest beauty players in the world, they account for only 32% market share, which is quite small relative to other other consumer goods. And it is and and, and it is really from it really is based on a consumer dynamic, which is this is an industry that is not a winner takes all market. This is an industry that consumers have a insatiable appetite for always wanting a new product or discovering a new trend or a new makeup look or a new skincare procedure. I, I, I ask a lot of people when to illustrate this point, uh, you know, if they have a, a wife or a partner or a girlfriend or, or even themselves, I say, how many shampoo bottles are there in their shower or how many mascara, how many mascaras someone has in their purse or how many skincare creams you have. So there's always a, a, a demand for new products. And from a brand standpoint, there's always the opportunity to create uh, a new brand, to opportunity to connect with consumers in new and novel ways. So it's an incredible industry, and and it's an industry that is based on expertise. Where expertise matters, is is a bit more difficult to transition from other consumer goods categories into into beauty because of this dynamic of have a sensibility to the industry, sensibility to to trends, sensitivity to emotion and function, um, and a very high diesel orientation. So it's it's an amazing industry. And, and once you, you're in it, it's, it's very difficult not to love it. So speaking of the business opportunity, you mentioned working for L'Oreal, one of the industry giants, but there's a lot of opportunities in the industry. It's not very consolidated. There's a lot of players and a lot of new players. Now, you left one of the largest companies to establish Waldencast, describe it, uh, the platform as a global best-in-class beauty and wellness operating platform. What are you looking to accomplish with Waldencast? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, our ambition is, is on one hand simple, on the other hand, very lofty, which is we want to, over time, over the years, establish uh, the global best-in-class beauty and wellness company in the world. Um, and that sounds like an incredible, big, hairy, ginormous goal uh, when we are just starting. But you have to start with a big, ambitious goal like that. Now, there are there are incredible companies in the industry, of course, like L'Oreal, like Stenoder, like Coty, many incredible companies in the industry. And we're just starting. But what we're trying to do is, is relatively simple, is create a house of brands for these uh, new, modern, conscious, high-growth, purpose-driven brands that are emerging, these independent brands that are emerging, putting them under a house of brands and creating, a, through creating brands as well as acquiring brands, creating a, a beauty house of brands that uh, has the scale of a multi-brand platform with all the benefits of being a multi-brand platform in terms of hedging your portfolio against different categories uh, with the operational expertise of managing global brands and scales but that results in the attractive industry profitability of, of beauty, but with significantly higher growth. And we will do that by creating these house of brands, which is a very, in a way that is very asset light, efficient, and respecting the beauty DNA and entrepreneurial spirit of each of the individual brands. And can you talk about some of the, the brands that you've already helped build with, with Waldencast, mm-hmm. at least to, to start yeah. out with? Yeah, of course. Well, we just we're just starting. I mean, the the the, the announcement of acquisition is, is was announced in November. We are we haven't closed yet, but we are starting this platform with in, in the best way possible. We have two incredible brands in Obagi and Milk, 
each one of them leaders in their own field. So specifically, if we take Obagi as an example, it is, I always say, it is the crown jewel of the physician-dispensed dermocosmetic market. And, and it's a crown jewel, I say it many times, not because I say it, but because the people that matter, which are physicians and practitioners, say it. It's a brand that is perceived by them as, as, as number one in terms of products, innovation, quality, etc. And this is rewarded by incredible customer loyalty and, 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 and a dynamic and a business dynamic that is very profitable, very sticky, very attractive. And Milk, on the other side, is one of the leading clean makeup brands uh, it's the number two clean makeup brand. Sephora is, is a much younger brand with high growth opportunity, smack smack in the middle of everything that is hot, everything that is coming up with these uh, in the new generation of consumers. So we have in these two brands, incredible brands in themselves, which, by the way, both of them happen to play in the most attractive segments of their individual categories. Obagi in physician-dispensed skincare, which is the fastest growing, most attractive, structurally attractive part of skincare. And in case of makeup, uh, within clean makeup, which is a much faster growing part of, of, of makeup. So it's a, it's a great place to start with two incredible brands. Uh, Obagi happens to bring with it as a much larger brand than, than, than Milk, but also has a lot of kind of anchor capabilities that would allow us to, to build from that, whether it's you know in finance, in accounting, in supply chain. So it's a start of the platform. And then the next steps uh, will be both creating brands internally as well as continue to acquire new brands. And now a word from our sponsor, Accelerate, one of Canada's most innovative and fastest growing alternative investment solution providers with a suite of institutional caliber alternative ETFs for investors seeking diversification and long-term performance. The Accelerate Arbitrage Fund, symbol ARB on the TSX, is the world's first SPAC-focused ETF with a diversified portfolio of SPAC and merger arbitrage opportunities in an easy-to-use, low-cost ETF. The Accelerate Arbitrage Fund ETF trades under the symbol ARB on the Toronto Stock Exchange. Find out more at accelerateshares.com. So just to clarify for our listeners, the Waldencast platform is starting with Waldencast Acquisition, which is a special purpose acquisition company. You recently announced a three-way merger with Milk Makeup, which you described, and Obagi. Um... Aside from you know, the attractive microeconomics of these two specific businesses, can you tell us what attracted you to them from a more macro perspective? Like you mentioned a couple of things that, that I noticed, attractive margins, asset light, efficient, and they're growing at above market rates. Is it because they're pursuing new segments that perhaps aren't as competitive and don't necessarily have those uh, industry heavyweights uh, already established? No, I, I wouldn't say it's because they're less competitive. In fact, there's many, quote-unquote, industry heavyweights in, in those segments. I think it's more related to their unique brand position and their authentic connection with consumers. So let's take Obagi uh, as, as an example. As I, as I mentioned, the, the most interesting, attractive segment, I mean, skincare is a huge market. Within skincare, Premium skincare is growing faster. And the reason why premium skincare is growing faster is because of very simply premiumization. Consumers moving from lower price products to higher performance, more, uh, more premium products. Now, within premium skincare, you take the second segment of 
physician dispense their cosmetic, and that is growing even faster. And it's a consequence to off, as I said, premiumization driven by what we call skin collector consumers that are highly involved in trying to understand ingredients, performance, etc. And they have, and there's an increasing demand for these uh, higher performing products. So, so brands like Obagi that are built fundamentally on science, fundamentally on performance, benefit disproportionately from that, from this business. This is a business, again, it's physician dispensed dermocosmetic, dermocosmetic market that benefits from that technology and, and performance. So that's an example of why this these brand is, is interesting and attractive to us. Now, one thread that I want to get into the details on, as you mentioned, the recession-resistant nature of this industry, which is obviously attractive for investors, if that is the case. Now, it's, I guess it's easy to understand, you know, recession hits, people are going to cut travel, they're going to, you know, not do that renovation. But I assume that, you know, beauty, cosmetics, they, they still want to look good. So that's the last thing to cut. But can you get into more of the details and perhaps some of the numbers looking at in the last one or two recessions, how did things hold up? Yeah, I think I think what is I like normally to take a longer view at, at the at an industry and particularly if you take beauty, I take a very long view kind of over the decades. What you see is beauty you know consistently uh, growing over time, the clip depending on the region, but let's say at a global level, probably around somewhere between three and six percent as a global beauty category in terms of growth. There are always moments of recession, um, probably 2008, 2009, after September 11, now obviously with COVID. And then individual categories can be affected up or down based on, 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 on what is happening. But there is always kind of that rebound that happens immediately after. Let me, let's take an example, a very, very specific example of makeup. Um, makeup before already COVID was a slowing down. And at the same time, skincare was was growing quite substantially at the same time. And that is a consequence. There's kind of these cycles that the industry goes through, the category goes through, in which, you know, sometimes when skincare is up, makeup is down, and vice versa. And, and what was happening right before COVID, it was after many years of booming years in makeup through, uh, you know, there was this, this trend towards, you know, highly, uh, highly elaborate makeup uh, makeup looks, probably popularized by, you know, some of the the uh, reality stars and Instagram, et cetera, et cetera. It start, was starting to decline as consumers were just trying to trend towards a more natural look. So skincare was starting to, to, to slow down. And obviously with COVID, it's a perfect example of one of these crises or recessions, people not going out, not going to work, using masks, et cetera, slow down the the. The, the use of makeup. Now, what is happening now after COVID, and that was one of the reasons we bet on, on makeup beyond being a very large and attractive category, is the rebound of makeup. And what's, what some of our, these large competitors are calling the, what is going to be the roaring 20s of makeup, and we're seeing it. Today, makeup in, 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 in the most recent periods after COVID is the fastest growing category in, in, selective, in selective beauty. And that is why, because consumers are going back to going out to the movies and seeing friends and going back to work and there's less mask usage. So everybody is back into wearing makeup in a, and, and also in a, you know, also celebratory way as you are you know, starting to see friends and going out again, et cetera. So it, it tends to be a, a, a business that even in, in very significant you know, life transforming crises like COVID, uh, you come back and there's this constant hunger of people for, as you said at the beginning of the interview, of 
feeling good and looking good and, and, and socializing and have self-expression and, and all the things that come with the beauty industry. Now, one detail about this transaction that really sticks out to me, this this business combination with Milk Makeup and Obaji that you structured, aside from it being a, a three-way deal, which is uh, more complex than average, one key aspect is the committed capital to it, specifically $333 million in Ford purchase agreements and $105 million pipe financing, which in an era, especially the environment right now, SPACs are um, experiencing relatively high redemption. So to have that committed financing, like how important is that to this business combination and the go-forward success of the pro forma entity? No, I think you're right, Julian. I think it's, it's crucial. Um, just, just for Jardy, I, I um, you know, I'm, we think we're a little bit different than a SPAC. I'm, I'm not what I would call, we're not what I would call a typical kind of SPAC promoter that is putting together a, a SPAC transaction and, and looking to to benefit from that through a, through a promote. Of course, there's that element of the of the transaction. But what was more important, we, what we set out to do is to build, build the next great beauty and wellness company. And we stumbled upon the SPAC vehicle as a efficient way of raising capital, but at the same time having in after that the public currency because of, of to be able to do subsequent acquisitions. That's the reason we did a SPAC. But the reality is at the same time that we are not the typical SPAC promoters, we also have committed a substantial amount of our own capital to this. In the case of, of, of the founders, we have two FPAs, two forward purchase agreement. One is like what we call the founders FPA, which is $160 million of, of committed capital uh, by the, uh, the founders, uh, the, the, by, by ourselves into this, plus $173 million of what I call friends and family. They're not really family friends that are investors that are close to us that want to be part of this long-term journey of building this, this company. In addition to that, we have $105 million of pipe, which is unstructured pipe, it's a straight plain vanilla, $10 a share, of, again, people that want to be a significant part of this journey over the over time to build this great company. And, it, and that is it fundamentally changes the dynamic. It fundamentally makes us fundamentally different, I would say, than, than a traditional SPAC. Because what we're trying to do, again, is not to do a transaction. It's not just, let's just put a transaction at whatever cost, at whatever, because we're risking our own money into the future. And more important in my case, is not just money, it is I will run the company, I'm, I'm putting together, I run the company for the next 5, 10, 20 years, or as long as I can run the company, is I'm investing the time and, and, and for all of us, the time and the, and the effort of putting our lives to, to, this, to this endeavor. And um, so it makes it, makes it very different. So, and, and frankly, that's what made it, made us, I think, attractive to Obagi and Milk, as well as other targets that we had the opportunity to, to interact with that were interested in being part of this platform, is that, is that committed capital and the fact that our skin in the game is, is real. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And one dynamic that we see in nearly every single industry, and I'm sure yours is no different, is the emergence and importance of ESG considerations. Now, how big of a role does that play for beauty brand consumers? Critical. I mean, it's, it's absolutely critical. It, it's actually three years ago when, when our partner, Hina and I started Waldencast. Um, I mean, we're both working for incredible companies like L'Oreal, who are already very strong in like ESG, et cetera. But what we wanted to do is create a company that 
was not only incredible as a business, but that played a hopefully a small role into making the industry or continue or help make the industry a little bit better, more responsible, more inclusive, more sustainable. And the choice of Obagi and Milk is not by accident. Um, these are brands that have some of these characteristics embedded profoundly in their DNA, whether it's milk makeup with a profound commitment to inclusivity and self-expression and, and the acceptance of everyone, celebration of everybody. So it is very much embedded into it. Of course, like every company, neither of these companies, nor Waldengas, will ever be perfect in this because it's a constant endeavor at being always better when it comes to sustainability, responsibility, inclusivity. But that is a very important part of our, our commitment, our DNA. That's one of the reasons we started this, this company, we built this company. And another, what seems like a big sea change in the industry over the past 10 years comes down to social media, Instagram, TikTok, influencers, and you know, you're seeing a lot of them kind of create their own brands or team up with other brands. How important or how much has social media and e-commerce transformed the industry and how are you guys capitalizing on that? Oh, it, 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 it's, it, is the, it is at the very beginning the, the, the heart of potentially what, how the opportunity came about. You know, if you think about this industry maybe, say, 10 years ago, the traditional sources of competitive advantage of the big incumbent firms were, if I were to simplify, three or four. You know, first, you know, if, if, if you wanted, if you were a newcomer and wanted to launch a new beauty brand, you had to have very deep pockets to have a TV campaign, a print campaign, out of the campaign. Of course, all of that has changed with with digital and social media and influencers slash creators, in which allows you as a small brand, in a very modular way, launch and start creating a following and 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 building your business. Then e-commerce is, of course, the other transformation. In the, old, in the old days, if you wanted to launch a brand, you had to physically move a brand out of its location. You had to physically break into shelf space, into retailers, and that was something very costly, very difficult. Today, with $75 on a Shopify site, you can, you can be in business and, 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 and start, again, creating a following. And until that, proving your concept, proving your worth, and eventually entering to break and mortar. And then lastly, there's a little bit around you know, quite an important part around asset light and asset light efficiency that we can we can talk about, but to answer your question more specifically, kind of influencers, social media, e-com have been transformative and accelerated this this, this business. Uh, for instance, uh, just a few years ago, the acceleration of makeup or the boom of makeup was fundamentally uh, fueled by user-generated content on on makeup looks and, and, and different ways of using makeup and express uh, themselves that consumers loved and, and, and wanted to participate into that. It's critical to, to the industry. And in a sense, level the playing field between big companies with big television and print budgets versus you know smaller companies that are able to connect with consumers in authentic, meaningful ways. And now a word from our sponsor, Accelerate. Do you want to diversify your investment portfolio while benefiting the planet? The Accelerate Carbon Negative Bitcoin ETF symbol ABTC on the Toronto Stock Exchange provides investors with exposure to Bitcoin while protecting the environment. Accelerate implements a global tree planting campaign to sequester carbon emissions and help fight climate change. Up to 10% of ABTC's 69 basis point management fee will be allocated to Accelerate's annual tree planting campaign. 
For each $1,000 invested in ABTC, an estimated one net ton of carbon dioxide is expected to be sequestered each year. Buy Bitcoin, save the planet. Find out more at investabtc.com. As you're building Waldencast, you'll constantly be be running into to founders of brands that are looking to to bring their brand from a small scale to to more of a larger scale. And when when you talk about scaling a brand such as this, and you have experience in this um, with large CPG companies, is what what's an aspect that's most overlooked by by new founders for for getting to scale? Is it logistics? Is it supply chain? What what is it exactly? Well, if, I mean, you 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 just a great observation. I think beauty, and this is a topic I studied quite a bit before starting welding, which is also the core of, of the thesis of what we we are trying to do, which is there is literally there's thousands of beauty brands. Thousands of beauty brands. The vast majority of them don't scale anywhere beyond a million, a couple million, three million, four million. There's a few that get to ten or twenty, and there's only only very very few that break through the call it fifty to hundred. But there's very very few that break past beyond one hundred and fifty to three hundred million dollars. In fact, I'd be hard pressed to call you know that many uh, that are that are beyond that. And I studied why that that that, that was quite in depth. Um, and it is at that level, call it somewhere between 150 to $350 million, it's more or less in that range, where the incremental, the marginal, the, call, the marginal cost to generate marginal revenue becomes more complicated when you're a single brand. That is where you need to start to be omnichannel. That's when you need to be you know, multi-geography, multi-country. That's where you need to have a very robust supply chain that is able to manage international and grow a much more complex, complex business. That's where... You need to be able to manage on a on a matrix way. Like for instance, who's in charge of China? The guy sitting in China or the guy in product sitting in the US? And that complexity becomes becomes more and more difficult to manage for, for a single brand. And that is where a a house of brands with the expertise and, and, and people that can manage the scale and the scale of that expertise allows you to get to the next level. That's why the, the big beauty companies, and I would argue the best beauty companies are those that are pure players in beauty and other houses. They are brand-based brand based companies. Now, Michelle, prior to letting you go, I was wondering if you could just give us a quick summary for investors uh, from two perspectives. So number one, the macro case for investing in the industry. And then number two, the micro case for investing in Waldencast, specifically Milk Makeup, Obagi, and the Proforma entity. No, of course. I mean, beauty, I think, beauty is the most beautiful of business. Uh, it's, it's structurally attractive in terms of high growth. Uh, it is um, it is resilient. It has incredible margins. These are margins in the high 60s, low 70 gross margins. Kind of a structural PNL that is that is very very interesting and and resilient with tremendous growth opportunity. Not just as individual brands, if you see globally, uh, the opportunities they are in. Just places like China and India and Indonesia and Brazil, uh, that are all places where kind of the, the, the emerging middle class and their ability to consume beauty and their desire to consume beauty is, is, is enormous. In the specific case of Walden Gas, our proposition is very simple. We're putting a house of brands with the asset light efficiency and responsiveness of these independent brands by maintaining these brands in the front end independent. Supported by the operational scale and the expertise 
of management teams that know how to manage at scale in a, in, in a global level. And that results very simply into a, a proposition that has a profitability margins in line with best-in-class beauty players. Today, not in the future, not tomorrow, today, best-in-class profitability with significantly higher class. And that's as simple a proposition it is. It's, it's an incredible category, high growth, very structurally attractive, and a, and a, and a company that is uh, highly profitable from day one and has high growth opportunity. Well, there you have it. Waldencast trading under the ticker symbol WALD, combining with Milk Makeup and Abaji. Michelle, thank you for coming on the show, making us experts in the beauty industry and giving us the highlights on why investors should be keen on the industry and also Waldencast. So wishing you the best of luck in your future endeavors. Thank you, Julian. Thank you, Michael. Really appreciate you having me. All right. Thanks. Take care. Take care. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Absolute Return Podcast. This episode was brought to you by Accelerate Financial Technologies. Accelerate, because performance matters. Find out more at accelerateshares.com. The views expressed in this podcast are the personal views of the participants and do not reflect the views of Accelerate. No aspect of this podcast constitutes investment, legal, or tax advice. Opinions expressed in this podcast should not be viewed as a recommendation or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any securities or investment strategies. The information and opinions in this podcast are based on current market conditions and may fluctuate and change in the future. No representation or warranty, expressed or implied, is made on behalf of Accelerate. As to the accuracy or completeness of the information contained in this podcast. Accelerate does not accept any liability for any direct, indirect, or consequential loss or damage suffered by any person as a result of relying on all or any part of this podcast, and any liability is expressly disclaimed.